You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast with me, Robbie Musto. Hold on hit- one second. Hold on one second. Stop the music. It's not the Two Robbies. <laughs> oh, that's right. Where's Kick Earl? my music in there. Where's Earl? Uh, that's right. That's a dive, baby. Cross pod <laughs> action. Mustinho. Love it. Love it. Robbie Earl could not make it. So we have joined. Beautiful. Two average podcasts together to make <laughs> a just above average. But I'm happy it was pod. our music that started. You do you like my tunes? Not as much as ours. You, you love a you love a club beat. You can you, you have. I mean, you like to get my moving son a picked bit. our music. And Did I was he? Not sure about it at the start, can, but I kind of like it. I like. Can he pick like mine it. next year? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, take my format if that's all right with sure, you. Sure. Sure. Um, here's how we work it. Because I know you don't listen to my podcast. Challenge. <laughs> Three topics. And, and I try to, and you're going to laugh about this because you work with me. I'm gonna, I try to keep it to 10 minutes each topic. And producer Jorge, who typically sits where you're sitting, so I'm, I'm okay with letting you sit in a seat this time. He's going to keep us in line we, we with got, a whistle we when big, we reach. We got big, that's the whistle. We've got big topics tonight, Carl. I'm not sure I can stick to that format. Okay, we've well, got big I bl- topics tonight. To make you feel better, I blow by the whistle almost every Beautiful. single time. Well, that, yeah. That's good. So it's more, it's more, it's more a guideline than, than, a, than a wall. Okay. So, okay, so, let's, so stick, let's stick with, since there's so much going on in this weekend, I think we just stick with three topics from Manchester United Spurs because it was massive. Huge game. Absolutely yeah. massive. So I think we stick with three topics from that. Uh... Typically, I'll do my review stuff right now, but since you're here, I, I'm, I'm going to let you do what we typically do. We pick reviews, and we pick the fan that came up with the stadium they want to play uh, or go see a game in. With the review, we say put a uh, – no, I'm going I'm to have you do it. You're going to be the review. You don't have to go review. I know you love my pod. Okay. But a stadium you that you haven't been in as a fan ah, that okay. you'd love to go see a game in, what stadium is it? Um, that would be, I've been in most of them, but I've not Humble been, brag. <laughs> I've not been to Borussia Dortmund. Oh, the, the yellow, yellow wall. wall. Okay, I'd love to see that. With Best Valen Stadium. Yes, I, I would You like speak to go German there. too, which is great. Uh, yes, Entschuldigen Sie bitte. Ich habe ein... Let's uh, carry on. We don't yeah, want we don't want you. Yeah. This, this isn't about you. Form six, sure, you've okay. got it. We don't want to, This isn't about you. Okay. All right, so that's a good one. That's a really good one. So remember, put the reviews in for my pod. I, don't, I can't do a promo for you. I don't know what you guys do. Uh, I think we, we switch ours. You know, okay. we, we like to switch it up, so yeah. I'm not sure Reversible. what we're going to go with. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's just get on to Something the topics amazing. then. Okay. First topic, Manchester United Spurs 3-0. Well, 0-3. Spurs get their first win at Old Trafford under Pochettino, hadn't scored there in the four previous attempts. It was their voodoo ground. So let's start with topic one being Manchester United. Okay. What, what, what does this mean for Jose Mourinho and Manchester United? Are we in crisis territory? Well, we had a chat about it uh, midweek, Carl, and um, I, I said, well, you know what? We're not quite in crisis yet, but the next couple of games will determine 
you know, the immediate future. And that scoreline, for me, now puts them in full crisis mode. There's so much to go at, mate. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of what he did with the team, um, making six changes. He surprised us Well, yeah, he's, he's, well, he's surprised with the amount of changes. Yeah. And then the system of play. Um, and to be fair, in the first half, the effort and the commitment was there, Carl. I think that's what we were first looking out for. Reaction from Is the Is there players. a reaction? With Pogba saying the attitude wasn't right, are they going to be up at for Brighton. the game? And I think we both thought, you know what, for this game, they are going to be up for it. Yeah. And they were up for it. We both okay? thought that. So that, that argument, for now, gets put to bed. Sure, check that. The players responded. Right. Then, that, uh, for me, that then brings a more of a worrying situation. Wow, hang on. It you wasn't made all the changes. Yeah. You made the changes. Uh, all his reliable players in inverted commas were playing, the ones that we know he kind of prefers. They were all playing. He made his little change that you talked about that he often makes a little quirky change in big games. Mm. He did that, and it seemed to be okay in the first half. Herrera at, at center back. At right run, side right center back. Center back Just watching three. for Delhi running through from yeah. midfield. I think that's why he was there for. It was an insurance policy. Funny little thing on that. He, he trained them or showed us yeah. in warm-ups them as a back four. Yeah, just, just a mess with us. Yeah. I, I mean, I've I never seen loved anything that. like that. But unnecessary, weird, yeah. but funny. Um, so I, I just think the bigger picture on, on the scoreline, Kyle, is like, well, well, hang on a minute then. So you picked the team, you made the changes, you did the tactics, you worked on it all week, and yet you lost 3-0. Yeah. So, uh, you know, where does he go? Where does the team go after what we've seen tonight? What's worrying for me is um, Desperate United tends to be good United. So there, there are times where they have to chase games or at the end he throws players on. Mm. And I talked mm. about this on the podcast last week. It's the way that they chase games and he, and he throws attacking players on the field without any real clear game plan or, or, or method for how they are going to get back into the game. How are they going to impose themselves, be more attacking-minded, score goals, and, and, and provide a threat? And it, I can never really make it out. And again, this game, he throws on uh, three substitutions. One, he was forced because Jones got hurt, so he had to put on Lindelof. But then he puts on uh, Fellaini, right, and Alexis. So t- two players that, that operate and are successful in, in totally different ways. So you want Alexis to get on the ball. You want, you want fast, intricate combination play and with Flaney you're gonna you're gonna lump the ball up and he's gonna he's gonna bring it down he's gonna flick it on so you see this so often where I, I likened it last uh, last week on the pod to going into your closet picking out your favorite clothes but not seeing if they actually match and they work well together and so that's concerning for me that you know I, I just it's been three seasons almost a half a billion dollars and it still isn't clear what Jose Mourinho wants to do with this team A and B he's complaining that it's not his team it's not good enough just on that topic and I think you know me very well now Carl and when teams make substitution well we're both kind of similar we look to see what, what what's happening here why has he made that substitution is there a tactical change oh they've gone from 5 to, to a 4 4 2 or they've gone to a 4 3 3 or they've gone to a diamond or they've gone to something else when Jose starts making substitutions in the second half Carl I don't even bother mm. because there's no point because there's nothing to it. It's chaos theory. Yeah. It's like throw him on. Hopefully something's going to happen. The Fellaini thing was quite early today. That's normally Plan C. Yeah, so like it 75, goes wrong. 75 yeah, minutes, 80 yeah, minutes, minutes and throw it into the box. So yeah. uh, that, that's a tactical side of it. I mean, why Rashford, Martial, Alexis, one matter, the creative players at home were left out of the, of well, the team. Well, not only is, left out of the 11, left out of the some team. Of them, yeah, I mean, some of them. Mata, Martial, no reports, no idea why they oh. weren't even in the 18. Bailly, I mean, you would think dropped after performing poorly against Brighton. 
which is strange because Bayou is one of his first signings, or I think he was his first signing. I think Bayou is actually their best defender. And, and Smalling had an absolute yeah. shocker. Horror. Horror show. The first game, and I know they didn't play well at Old Trafford, but I, I did the commentary there. It was great to be there, as we both were. Um, Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof played well. Mm-hmm. They played well. But don't just take it from me. Rio Ferdinand tweeted out after yeah. that game, wow, those two centre-backs played really great. They should now stay for a long time and gain chemistry. My goodness. The next game, uh, they both had bad games, particularly Eric Bailly. And, he and, and, it's, and it's gone. And he so you're back, you're back to like, like Chris Smalling and Phil Jones. To be fair to them, Kyle, it's got to be difficult to from be nothing thrown in. thrown in against Spurs. And also thrown in next to Herrera. Right, so uh, you're, you're thrown into a game. You haven't been, not only have you not been starting, but you haven't been playing together. I mean, they'll probably be playing together in the B team when you, anytime you do 11-on-11 11 11 against the, the, the first squad that's going to play on the weekend. But yeah. other than that, they probably worked on it during the week. But playing next to Herrera, who's not a center back, we all know that, who's a utility player the way Jose Mourinho uses them, it, it's tough. It's tough to be thrown in that situation. But I, I just go back to Jose Mourinho complaining that he doesn't have the center backs he needs. He bought Lindelof. He bought by he targeted them. So if they're not good enough, I don't blame Ed Woodward for saying, hold on a second, go look across town Absolutely. at Pep Guardiola in Manchester City. Otamendi, we wouldn't have touched with a 10-foot pole, now looks like a Rolls-Royce under under uh, Pep Guardiola. Mm-hmm. And just the, the unwillingness to, to manage out of a situation it's just strange to think that Manchester United is the most difficult job he's ever had. It's the first time ever since his first job before Porto where he took over a team that finished below third the season before. It's the first time he's taken over a team that was a project. And I'm sorry, there's a good season in there for sure. And they got second last year. They were the, the, the best of the rest. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. This isn't, this isn't all bad on Jose Mourinho. But the fact of the matter is it, it always blows up in the third season. So if it does again this year... And you have players that the next manager doesn't want. You've invested $500 million into the squad and they're no better. And Jose Mourinho's criticizing your club, saying you drop out of the Champions League all the time. You know, last year, me, me not winning anything and finishing seconds, one of the best things I've ever done in my career. You know, all of these criticisms of the club, they tarnish the club, starting from day one when Sir Bobby Charlton said, not him, and you hired him in the face of a legend. You just, you're depreciating the, the beauty and the magic of this incredible club. For what? And that, that's my big thing. For what? For titles? If he doesn't get you one, then for what? Hmm. Because it doesn't look like they're, they're going to be anywhere near a title race this I, season. I've just checked out um, social media and kind of general reaction. And there's a lot of reaction that I've heard and, and listened to about Ed Woodward, Carl, about... He hasn't backed the manager, and he's an idiot, and he doesn't know football, and he should have brought in central defenders. I just think we need to rewind a little bit here and just, just take a, a, a bigger look at this. Over the period of time that Jose's been there, and he's had long enough to assess his squad, he has been granted or given 500, over $500 million to rebuild this core or rebuild the team. And we talked about it, Carl, I think, maybe a year ago, maybe more than that, about Eric Bailly, about Nemanja Matic, about uh, Romelu Lukaku that came in. And like, wow, this is strong now. This is a Mourinho type. And back to your point about the two central defenders, they were brought in by him. And he's now saying he needed new ones. Chris Smalling and Phil Jones came in today, not good enough. I just think if you're Ed Woodward, do you get to the point where, hang on a minute, Jose, you've you've got that amount of players, that amount of investment, and we're at a situation now where you are scrambling 
to, f to field a team that has any kind of cohesion to put a performance together against Spurs. And we're all, and him afterwards is saying, wow, great reaction, great attitude, they're with me. Well, that's, that's even worse then because you can't get a good performance given a, a group of players expensively assembled that are motivated. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It's not mutually exclusive. Um, Edward Ward deserves blame, but he can solve it. You know how he solves it? He hires a director of football, and they're trying to do that. Edward Ward should not be doing some of the things that he's doing. He's a commercial guru who, by the way, has brought in a ton of sponsorship dollars while Manchester United have failed on the field. So that's incredibly impressive. He can solve it by hiring a technical director. How does Jose Mourinho solve the fact that he doesn't seem he has the technical nous mm. or the gifts and, and the tricks that he mm. used to have mm. Mm. to get out of moments like this because Ed Woodward also solves his problem by firing Jose Mourinho. So Mourinho, I think, has now drawn a line in the sand and he's on one side with the smallest group he's ever had on that side of the sand and it's the few fans that stayed after in the Stratford right. and and he went over there, which was smart of him, to try to say, here, here are the people that understand football. They're behind me. They get it, right? I mean, yeah. I've never he, seen he anything made, like he that made when he went over and clapped He made a deal of that and stayed there longer to make sure the camera was there with him looking at the fans with that little appreciation. He's fighting for his job, Carl Martino, and we got a, a very interesting little bit of sound from, from after the game. We heard from him afterwards and we put it on our air on our show, but we knew there'd be extra reaction and we want to run now just a, a little piece of the interview that happened directly after the game. Now, just to finish, do you know that what was the result? 3-0. 3-0. Do you know what this means? 3-0. But also mean three premierships, and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them. Respect. Respect. Respect, man. Respect. I mean... <laughs> Wow. I know the whistle's coming any second now. Oh, there it is. But uh, we need a comment on that. So, so he's fighting for his job. Yep. Um, it, it's remarkable insecurity to have to constantly tell everyone how great you are. Because he is great and we all know it. He's one of the best mm. ever. It's mm. just when he starts listing his accomplishments, he starts losing me. Where, where, where are you with, with that press conference and all of the criticism, obviously, that's going to well, come well, his way after the game? Right. Well, well, first of all, so that there, again, trying to convince everybody how great he is, and also directly after the game in the, the post-match interview where he's saying, we worked on it great, the attitude is great, but technically, basically we, technically saying, we were perfect. Yeah, it was nothing we, to do with my tactics. Yeah. He's basically throwing those defenders under the bus again. And yes, we, and, Luka we, and Lukaku, because he said we should have been up. So yeah. he's throwing his defenders and his attacking player, his best goal scorer, under the bus. Do you know when we when we experience in this, Carl? And of course, we've seen Mourinho do great things in English football. I I do have something in my brain that keeps saying to me, "Calm down a minute. This guy, he's won things. He's a winner. He's won titles. He's won titles at Manchester United." Can it be his fault? Can it be other people's fault? But that's why I wanted to go back with the numbers. You know, the, the money, how much he's had, the time that he's had, what I see in terms of tactics, which never is going to impress us. But the, the winning's been there. And I, and I do try and check myself to sort of think, am I right here, me and you at times, like j just, just criticizing this guy from what we see? And I, and I still, in a measured way, have to say, yes. Yes, yeah. it's not It's not good. It's not Man United football. The money and everything else says this job is too difficult for him, Kyle. Here's the thing. He can still be a great manager and the wrong person for Manchester United. That's, that's possible. Mm. And, and that's the case for me. 
big question, then we'll move on to the next topic. Mm. Does he last the season? I think he does last the season. Wow. Let me, let me, like, I, I think that he's a fighter. I think United will not want to be another one of those clubs that every season getting a new manager. I think at some point he'll get them a little bit, they'll, they'll limp, they'll limp forward for me with the, the you said earlier, they're going to look to change the structure. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring in a director of football ready for the next era of this football club, which doesn't include Jose Mourinho. I just think unless there's a, there's a, a massive meltdown incident where it's like, wow, it's a little bit untenable. Mm -hmm. He's got to go. I think he'll limp through, Carl. W which would mean it's only the second time ever in his great career that he's made it into a fourth yeah. season. And also, I, going no, four years without... At the end of the season, I'm, I'm saying there, it will limp to the end and then oh, you, go. Oh, you th oh okay. Oh, they, so you think they, they, they do this they in the just, summer. There's a slow process now okay. of restructuring we'll and finding somebody else for the summer. Now, if there's an, an implosion, then there'll be an, a, an interim. You can't caretaker. say both. You can't say both. I'm sorry. Okay, we're well, on record that you think he's going to stay the uh, Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's it. But the, the thing changes <laughs> that is if he has an implosion. Then I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm wrong. Who what knows? Do you, think? do you think there's going to be an implosion? I, I can't see him last in the season. Because, listen, Manchester United weren't the type of club to hire a guy like that before they hired him. And, and, and now they can't say, well, we're Manchester United. You know what? This won't happen to us because we're different. It, it's happened to every club. No club's different. Real Madrid's not different. Chelsea's not different. Every club he goes to... It collapses at the end. Why would Manchester United be different? They'd be admitting, admitting a mistake then, wouldn't they? Would they admit a mistake by, uh, by, I think it's by the hiring best, him? They, he's the, won titles, Europa League. The best League, manager, League and in this case I'm saying Ed Woodward, the, the best business people understand their mistake before it's obvious and, and admit it and move on. And so we're going to move on to Spurs. More positive things, please. Because Carl. it couldn't be a bigger contrast. What a day for Spurs at Old Trafford. Mm. What, what are your immediate takeaways? The, the, the people underestimate Spurs. I've done that in the past. I was not doing it again this season. I had them out of the top four last season, and they proved me wrong. And, and I thought, you know what? They're a good team last year. They're going to be a good team this year. I know they didn't bring any new players in, but they're a good team. They've got some players come back from injury. Harry Winks came on the field today. I think he's a, a really good midfield player. Lucas Moura is different as a wide player and as a striker. And at the moment, he's looking in these three games. My goodness, what a good decision to play as a front two with him and Harry Kane. More support, more goals, more pace, more dribbling. Different, Kyle. Different. We were looking for something different from Spurs to take him up a level. Now I know it's only three games, mm. and he might go off. He might his form might dip, but I'm excited about Spurs. I'm excited for the manager because they, him, and this team get a lot of not stick, but like you got to win something. You know, the players are going to leave. You got to win something, and and I and I, I marvel at what he's done there with the budget. <clears throat> excuse me, that's nowhere near like United. The net spend that's incredibly fractional compared to Manchester United, and yet he still gets a, an entertaining, youthful, dynamic team on the field of play. Well, here's the thing. I totally agree with you on, on all of that. Um, they have to win at some point. So, what, it, Why do they have to win? Be, be, because and at what, the end of the what day... What they don't? What, you're going to fire them because they don't win? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking knee-jerk. I'm just talking about everything we celebrate. One of the things that I actually do, I sympathize with Jose Mourinho is the guy just wins everywhere, just wins trophies and, and standing on the podium lifting a trophy at the end he's been of the a, he's day. Been, he's been at brilliant, massive clubs, car. Pochettino hasn't. Yeah, I understand that. But listen, they've been cup finals they, and, and yeah. they've been close. They, yeah. they just can't yeah. get it over the line, yeah. right? So yeah. it's not as if, I mean, three seasons in a row, they were the most consistent team in the Premier League. And, and I'm with Which you that I respect that. And yeah. I think that's incredible. And I just hope that, that 
that this thing stays together long enough to get in the new stadium, to get the investment, to get over that last hurdle. Because I think Pochettino's good enough. Yeah. I think the squad is good enough. And the criticism is overblown. But it is fair to place that seed to say this team has to start winning trophies at some point. I mean, Wigan won the FA Cup the year they got friggin' relegated. So at some point, you got to start winning trophies. But today, and we're taping this right after this incredible game with with Spurs going to Old Trafford, it was a special day because they didn't strengthen in the offseason, but they're better. And, and I have them in the top four again. I had them in the top four last year because I believe Pochettino makes players better. Mm. I, I believe that he's the type of manager, if you give him a project and you give him time, He's going to get the best out of the group. He also has a great tactical mind where we saw him make an adjustment. You know, today he went with a back four and dropped he dropped Sanchez. And I thought to myself, man, drop in your, one of your most powerful and I think one of your better one-on-one defenders in a game against Lukaku is a big call. But he does it, and he brings Eric Dyer in in the midfield position with Dembele and plays a diamond with a strike partnership, something he did at times last yep. year. But I just love that he's thinking about how, how do we get these advantages, and he must he must have worked on Lucas Mora and seen this is where I get the best mm. out of him. Mm. You know, Ericsson, Deli Alley. Yeah, you know, you get, you get in the hole. He, yeah, he knows how to move these players around and give them freedom and give them roles where they're going to thrive. And I I just saw in the second half why everyone lionizes him and why everyone thinks he's such a great manager because they didn't perform well in the first they half. Didn't. It could have been really easy to come out flat and say, man, this is our bogey ground. This is going to be difficult. But they just, they showed a mental stability. They showed a togetherness. They showed a, a, a continuity that only comes from trusting in your players and working with them, making sure they understand that you know they can be better and they don't need to be replaced. Now, at some point, they need to be challenged because complacency can hurt your squad. Mm-hmm. But I just looked at that performance and thought to myself, this, this is a team that if there's any team that keeps up with, Spur- with um, City and Liverpool, it's going to be Spurs. Isn't it? I mean, just to continue that, Danny Rose. I mean, in a game like that, I mean, a player that's, that's had a bit of a, a, a mixed relationship with the manager, he played him at Old Trafford. I thought, wow, Ben Davis has been your guy. He's been your guy mm-hmm. left back. He's forced his way in. He's got ahead of Danny Rose. And yet Danny Rose and Aldo Real, two players that, you know, thought they were going to be leaving, he played them in the team. And one of the things that maybe hasn't been blown up as much as it should have been is, is this statement. Lukaku missed, Kane scored. Mm-hmm. And in that period of well, time. Lukaku missed a sitter and Kane scored a very difficult, very difficult spectacular difficult. header. And, and, and we always talk about defining moments. I mean, those two were, were iconic in terms of what I remember from that game in, in terms of the goal scoring that Lukaku went through and it's his weaker foot. And you know what? I kind of I thought he would miss Kyle. Really? Yeah, with his right foot. It wasn't that easy, but you'd expect him to score. And then Kane's header was something, you know, Miraculous contact, you and, know, and timing. One other name that popped out from the performance, two, two defenders, one Luke Shaw. You know, not, yeah. not a lot of positives for Manchester United, but Luke Shaw looks dangerous again, looks confident again. Mourinho went immediately up to him, put an arm around him. You know, I'm sure a word in his ear. And listen, Mourinho's been awful with him, but got to give Mourinho credit here. He's starting him, he's playing him. Luke Shaw, whether it's his response, whether it's because of Mourinho or not, Luke Shaw looks great again, which is good for United. Yeah. Aldo Wereld was out of it. And, and with Pochettino, typically, what I love about Pochettino is he doesn't air his dirty laundry. He keeps us guessing. We don't really know what's going on. He doesn't throw people under the bus. He doesn't make these public. But behind the scenes, if you, if you challenge him, if you go against the group, 
he typically just, you're gone. You're, you're dead to him. He kept him out of the side for so long. He brings him back in in this game. He's, he's one of their best performers on the day. His contract's up at the end yeah, of this he year. He won't sign a new contract. And here, here's the thing. Either they sign him to a new contract, big wages, and, and there's a release clause. Or they say, you know what? It's worth it to lose him for a free because if he helps us get in the Champions League, new stadium, I mean, he, he earns mm. whatever we would have got mm. you know, for him anyway. Because, I mean, that, you're talking about a, a $90 million swing right there mm. if they fail to get into the Champions League. So mm. however he did it, Alderweireld is back is back on board, mm. which whew, for Spurs is which is amazing. Bigger picture, I thought this game. I think me and Rob talked about it on our on our Saturday show that a winner would would be a strong message to the top of this league table. With Spurs winning this game, Carl at Old Trafford, nine points, three wins out of three. In terms of continuity and where they've been and what they need to improve just to go over that line, uh, is Spurs gonna be? a real serious title contender throughout the season. So I, I think that Spurs will, will... Just a gut. I mean, at this point, after three games, just a gut feeling, isn't it, for me right now? I, I think they will keep up with, with Liverpool and Manchester City through Christmas, and I think the new stadium is going to give them a bit of a bounce, kind of like a new manager bounce. Um, I, I think that they will fall off in the last few months because they really aren't that deep when, when you look mm. through it. Um, and just kind of lose pace with the front runners, but finishing top four without spending a penny. And listen, maybe in, maybe in the Christmas, maybe in the January window, they do strengthen. Mm. But but new stadium, you haven't taken on more debt by signing new players. You've signed a couple new players to longer contracts. Maybe in January you grab a player or two. I think they keep up with the pack, but fall just away. But if they finish top four, it's. I mean, that's that's a successful season. It, yeah. it has to be based on the big picture of what's going on with yeah, Spurs. Yeah, and the, the, the talk, of course, is always a cliche, isn't it? If you don't spend money and stand still, then you're going backwards in this league. I'm not sure that, whether that's going to be the case. You know what I think could be um, a determinant here is the Champions League. So in February, of course, the knockout stages begin, the high-pressure games, the difficult games, etc., with the Champions League. If there's a scenario where City, Liverpool whoever else is up there, Chelsea, United, if they can rebound. If they go deeper and Spurs don't, then I absolutely think Spurs can go right to the end for the, for the, in challenging. Hmm. But if, they're, if they do it equally as well in the Champions League, I'm kind of with you, that there's just not quite enough there to, to manage the, the Premier League on top of a Champions League run, given the strength of City and given the improvement of Liverpool. It, so it's a difficult one, um, but... Here's one, here's one thing I worry about with Spurs... Um, that I think they've got some good news about recently is the defensive midfield position. I think Debele is, is reaching just past that expiration point, as good as he is, and I think he's brilliant. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I think he has been outstanding, an unsung hero for them. Knits the team together, glides with the ball, good defensively, composed. I just think he's he, he's he's fallen a bit past it now and not being relied upon and, and also struggling with injuries regularly. Harry Winks, uh, if Harry, Harry Winks. Winks can be mm. what everyone thinks he can be, that, that's the X factor. If Harry Winks starts to come into his own, much like Dele Alli did in his first season, if Harry Winks becomes that guy, I think that's, that's the swing for Spurs. That one player could actually end up meaning a lot. I, I couldn't agree more. And also, let me chuck in Victor Wanyama. Yeah. Now, I know he's got a, a pretty serious knee injury, but a player that, that, for me, when he's at his best, would be the holding player. 
and then Winks would, would fit in around him and, and, and balance off with, with uh, Delhi or Ericsson. So that midfield could, could be better. But we'll have to wait and see on Winks and, of course, Wanyama. Let's continue that into the third topic of top four. So this game, um, two top four contenders, I mean, that, is there a swing? Does, does today change how you feel about the top four and where Spurs and Manchester United are going to finish? Well, I had Spurs in there and I had Manchester United in there. Uh, Spurs, of course, now, you know, I, I'm, I have no, no reason to doubt that. Of course, I have to have reason to beat Manchester to, to, to doubt Manchester United's ability to get in that top four. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not prepared at the moment to say I think I got that wrong. Mm. I'm changing my prediction. I'm just not. I, I just, even though I've admitted they're in a crisis and they are, I still believe that the squad and even the manager or if somebody else comes in, there's enough in that football club, in that dressing room to get him in the top four. But for sure, there's a massive question mark over that right now. So of the teams that you don't have in the top four, yeah, Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah. Who, who based on what Chelsea. you've seen so far, has a better chance to get? Yeah. yeah. I think Chelsea do. Um, we watched their game, of course, against Newcastle United and lots of pluses, a few negatives for me. Um, the tippy-tuppy nature of that game worried me a little bit. Now, you can blame the Newcastle tactics for that, but but penetration's got to be got to be found. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just has. Um, but he found it with Napoli. It's still early yet, but I really like... What I saw with, with Sarri at Napoli, some of the games in the Champions League against City and stuff, and, and other league games were amazing football. So that's got to improve. Defensively, he's already admitted, which I found very strange, that oh, I'm not worried about my defensive tactics. It usually takes my teams two or three months to figure what? out a defensive phase. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I could not two, believe that. Two or three that's months? What he said, in confidence. People <sighs> like, what about your defensive players and look secure? He said, I'm not worried about my defensive phase. It normally takes my new teams two or three months. To, to improve well it normally phase. takes Abramovich two or three months to start <laughs> interviewing new coaches and getting a short list together holy cow yeah, yeah. I mean here's the thing I agree on paper Chelsea are a better squad better talent better depth um, than Arsenal um, I think that Chelsea's start to the season looks shinier and looks nicer than Arsenal does and I, and I, honest, I honestly don't think it tells the truth Strength, obviously, of schedule. It's been easier for Chelsea to start the season than it has been for Arsenal. I mean, to start with Mm -hmm. Manchester City in a game that they didn't perform well in but improved as the game grew on. And here's the thing is there wasn't much between them at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Arsenal showed that they could easily get behind that Chelsea back line, which was concerning. I think think Emery is not as as committed to and not as, as... as obstinate with his philosophy as Sarri is. Sarri is with this 4-3-3, 4-3-3 or dime, and this is what he wants to do. And you can see Emery tweaking a bit. I mean, he, he, he really is trying to get to know his squad, and he keeps finishing games with the group I think he should start games with. He keeps finishing by bringing on Torreira, who gives them mobility, he gives them bite, he's, he's, he's very Energy. clean and... and and simple with his play. He's not trying to be the big playmaker. He's happy to bring players into the game and do the dirty work for them, which there hasn't really been an Arsenal player like that for some time. Um, you know, El Neni has tried to do that. Chaco's tried to do that, but I really don't think they either of them do it as well as the Uruguayan. I think then, when you have that bite, you can play a Ganduzi. You can, you can play someone, or even if it's Ramsey, you can play someone who, who wants to be a bit more silky and offer something attacking-minded. But they've got a lot of people wanna, that, that want to give that. Yeah. How do you, how do you bring in Aubameyang and Lacazette and Ozil and Mkhitaryan you, and find the balance, Carl? You I, can't bring them all. You can't bring them all in. So I think what we're seeing is, is Aubameyang and Lacazette have to play at the same time. 
if they play at the same time, Aubameyang has to play off the left. Right. And so then you have Mkhitaryan off the right. I'm just thinking of two players that, that are not going to want to get involved defensively. Unless the, the coach says, you know what, I don't care. You're going to play, you're, you're playing there, and you've got to get back in Mkhitaryan, the half of midfield players. Mkhitaryan wor- works, works back. Mkhitaryan works oh. back. It was at fault, wasn't he? Was it this weekend where he didn't track his his fullback? He crossed it for the goal. I'm not sure which weekend it was. Now I think it was against. Uh, I think it was a Chelsea game. Unless they improve, unless the coach improves that part of it, I th- it's going to make it difficult for those two guys in midfield. Yeah, Terrera, I agree. I agree. But Genduzzi, I, it's just it's balance. It's all about balance. Isn't you're it? you're you're talking about are, are you playing Mkhitaryan? Are you playing Mesut Ozil? Are you playing Ramsey? Are you playing Awobi? I mean, here 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 are the choices you have. I think you can only play two of the four of that group, right? I mean, I, I think you can't take Aubameyang off the field. Uh, even though he's missed some chances. Listen, he yeah, missed million, loads million of chances percent. at Borussia Dortmund. You have yeah. to keep him in. Yeah. Lacazette deserves to start. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, you're running out of spots, and I think you need Ramsey because he covers more ground than most groups. I give Ramsey that central role. I, hang on. What, in, in a, so what's our setup here? Are we, I've, are got four, two, three, three? I've got two holders with Ramsey ahead. Okay. And I let Gunduzi join from time to time. You can invert. Okay. You can do so it as an inverted triangle. There's your three. Then there's well, your three midfield players right there. Yeah. So you just it's just wide right. Wide right. It, it, that's where you rotate. That's where Urzel gets a chance. That which, that's where Mkhitaryan gets a chance. But here's the thing: is we're, we're all wondering about Mezzadozo, their highest paid player, mm. was pro, was was out of the team the last game for illness, and and I'm not happy with that explanation because he also went and sat in the locker room with the team. For, for for an hour or so, if he's ill, he shouldn't be in there. I mean, he's going to get other players sick. And the illness was a cold. I've never. I mean, Musto, do you know anyone who's mi- who, who's missed a game for a cold in your entire playing career? I, I can't tell you one person. I definitely didn't who missed a game with a cold. And that's how many times? Six or seven times. Can I he's give you? Missed, yeah. What is I, it? I just uh, can I give you some data and facts. Do it. Since December 2016, he's missed a game through illness six times. That's in six times. That's insane. I didn't. I, 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 I was. Playing. I think I've had food poisoning once in eighteen years. I think that's about it. I, I, I was getting injections, <laughs> play, playing with tendons that weren't even on the bone anymore, and getting surgery in the off season, which is, by the way, why I retired at twenty eight. But so maybe I should have sat out more. But I just can't imagine that you wouldn't do everything you can. And that's the big concern, right, with Mesut Ozil. It's never a question of talent. He's one of the most talented players in the world. It's ne- it, talent is never the, the question. Would but you have signed the- him? Would you have signed him for a longer contract? Or would you have let him go on for free? <sighs> I, th- I think at that point, I, I, uh, it's such a hard one because you know me. I love Mesut Ozil. I, I think I might have let him go. I think I might have let him go. Yeah. Of the two players, I remember, remember the thought being, you know what, I think Alexis will stay on, I think Ozil will go. I think that's what the, the general yeah. sense, consensus yeah. was, and it's been reverse of that, as if Ozil, Ozil had, a, had a little sweet purple patch of games yeah. car where he assisted, he looked great, he looked sharp, he got that contract, that huge contract, and I just, I just feel now that Unai Emery has been left with this £350,000 a week problem. Yeah. This, this change in his style, his tactics... Is man management's been affected by this guy? Maybe, maybe I'm overreacting, but wow, he's got a if, problem there. If if Manchester United's path to top four is through Mourinho and Pogba getting along and figuring it out and getting the best out of Pogba, then Arsenal is absolutely yeah. hinging on how does the Emery Mesut relationship work? Does and and he's showing tough love. He substituted him early in the game, which Arsene Wenger rarely did. Yeah. Remember, and he just took took ages to get off the field. Emery's trying to show him tough love at the beginning. Great. It is and listen, 
Jose Mourinho showed him tough love at Real Madrid, and and that ended up working out okay. I mean, he, he performed well for Real Madrid. But, but, but it's different, isn't it? It's different because it's, Real Madrid d- dominated every sure. game, 80%, and, and he could I'm flit just around. Saying, this isn't the first manager to show him some tough love, mm. but it is a different scenario where he thinks he should be playing every week, n- no question. So, whew, that's a tough problem for Emery early in his tenure. But I just think for Arsenal... I'm, I have them in my top four. Not a lot of people do. I, I just see enough talent in the squad. I see a great recruitment team behind the scenes, a, a, a structure that can work. I absolutely think it's going to take some time. Mm. And we you all know. Believe. We all know. I just see I, see, I see a fractured group as talented as they are with Chelsea. I don't like N'Golo Conte in an advanced position. I think there are other players that play that role better. And I think that, that Chelsea are vulnerable with Jorginho as a holder. It worked at Napoli. It's a slower pace in Serie A. I mean, he's brilliant on the ball. But remember what Pep Guardiola told us when we were over there about the, the community shield? He told us that tactically their strategy was to get at Jorginho and get in behind him, which they did a lot in that game. And if you go watch tape, Jorginho is out of position constantly with groups getting in between the lines behind him. And Conte, just from an advanced position, isn't going to be able to cover that but, much but, ground. But but I, I'm i prepared to wait out and see and look and, and see what Sari's thinking. Obviously, he values the passing ability, the defensive nature of keeping the ball above anything else. So he wants to defend with the ball, which means that Jorginho is going to be there to keep it, to keep switching play, to make some through passes. Yes. And Angola Kante will do his forward runs and get will get back and try and help when he can. Of course, we all know what Angelo Kante has been brilliant at. But if you play him there and Jorginho somewhere else, it, it, it's it's different and it's not as effective if keeping possession and being silky and smooth let, and, and switching a point of attack and let 100 me ask million you this, touches. Let me ask you this. I'm, wait, I'm willing to see what this happens. I, I'm willing to go with this. Let me ask you this, though. This will be the last question, last <clears throat> word on it. If you're the manager of Chelsea, yep. you, you know how sorry he plays. You watched his Napoli side. You get what he's trying to do. You've, you've watched Angelo Kante now under Leicester at the World Cup of France in a title-winning team with Chelsea, if you were going to build a team around Jorginho or Conte as a manager, w- which would you build the team around? I'd build it around both of them. But you can't. You can. Well, in a different, in a different system, it. not in, the way in, that he's in playing. In two with. systems. So the team plays two systems at once. Okay. So out of possession, they two, play side two, by two side. Yep. And others f- uh, switch around. And in possession, I want Jorginho as the pivot man. And but I want I want I want Kante doing something. But here, here's why Sorry won't do that. He wants to press, and he he likes Angolo Kante's energy, uh, yeah. and he wants to win the ball further up the field. So I just he's not going to do that. That is how you, how you solve the problem. But yeah, we rarely see that, by the way, of, of two different way of playing with and without the ball. I just think with Chelsea, it's so obvious in terms of the the flow of the game because they possess so well. That I, th- I want Jorginho there yeah. in this Chelsea lineup. It's in a way, it's kind of what we talked about with Pep last year. Will the Premier League change Sorry, or will Sorry change the Premier League? Because the paradigm and what we all think is this is how you play Angolo Conte in the Premier League. Mm. If it works with him advanced with Jorginho holding, and the Premier League doesn't seem to agree that works, then then Sorry has has won. Mm. I mean, he has he has bent the Premier League to his will. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, we'll see I, if he does I just it. don't think it will change. You might see side by side in a slightly different system, but uh, you, uh, for me, you're not going to see ever under Sari and Kante playing the holding guy at all times. Mm. 
Well, that's it for this one. The, the cross pod. So should we do both of the sign off? Should we try your sign off? Well, I'm, uh, Earl does a sign off, but here's the music. So okay. you'll go ahead and, and, and sign us off. Oh, it's been an amazing, it's literally been the most amazing day in Premier League. It's just chop, chop, top, chop out on the field. Bobby Zamora played actually. Oh, what's that? What's this? A splimming oh, Spanish? What's this? So, what the heck it's is just this? been amazing. Uh, that's good night from me. Oh, and it's good night from him. Good, good night. night. Stay on your feet. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.